0: international
1: what's up everybody hey Thanks for tuning in to the Listening Room uh, live storytelling show and podcast hosted by me, Joey Zimmerman. Uh, thank you guys for peeping all these episodes. We got a fire one that's coming uh, right right at you. We got uh, great stories from people such as Katha Barbadoro, who uh, opened up for Pat and Oswald just this week at Moon Tower Comedy Festival. Uh, Grant Parsons, comedian, buddy of mine from Nebraska, just moved down here to Texas. Trace Holt, great comedian. Here in town, and also joining us right now is Enzo Priesnitz. Hey, yeah, Enzo shares a very hilarious story. Um, he's on the Gross Lonely Boys podcast. That's me, that also is uh, produced by the Body Tape INCL. Um, Enzo, thanks for coming in and uh, sharing that story about getting stung in a particular part of your body by yeah. a See specific if you can
2: animal. F- guess where it is before you hear the story. <laughs> Hell yeah, um, yeah, I'll give you a hint, it's a place you're not allowed to show your parents
1: <laughs> or they've already seen it before maybe not, they, like they, they they not like this i not like this if you want to see of <laughs> an inflamed body part as a listen to Enzo's story
0: <laughs>
1: yeah no yeah we got a lot of good stories on this episode this is always such an amazing time uh, thank you guys tell your friends about us tell them to hit that subscribe button people uh, peep out the gross lonely boys podcast too Absolutely. very talented it's on the same network here bodytapeintl.com uh thanks everyone love you bye bye
3: Thank you guys for coming in. How's everyone doing today? Woo! Hey, what's up? That's what's up. I see some familiar faces, some newbies. What's up? Uh, my name is Joey Zimmerman. We haven't met yet. Uh, this is The Listening Room. It's a live storytelling show and podcast. Uh, I get uh, some of my favorite comedians in town in here, some artists and musicians as well. Uh just any creative folk to share some of their human experiences with you guys. Um, if you do enjoy it, definitely please uh, feel free to peep it out on uh, a Facebook page, and a Twitter page, and it's also on iTunes and Stitcher. If you feel like listening to the podcast and hearing your, your laughter on a track, uh, it's, uh, yeah, feel free to check it out. Uh, people have been sending me very kind of things so far about most of them, so it's cool to make a thing for you guys to have in this space. Um, but with that being said, uh, don't don't heckle any of my friends that I bring up here. <laughs> don't say anything silly to them, because um, uh, some of them could be pretty quick witted and they could own you, and then that track would be available online for <laughs> here. just how silly you sound. On it. So you might hear something you don't like, uh, but just let it go. It's all about kind of sharing our experiences up here with y'all. Um, now you get to kick it off with the first story. You guys ready to just take this straight through the heart? of the yeah, good, good. Awesome. Uh, this was fun. Thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, the first story I would uh, like to share, it perhaps leads into the most awkward PB&J sandwich that I've ever eaten with someone. <laughs> um, I'll tell you how we get there. All right. we go on, uh, Take us back to 2012, 2013. I'm living in Nebraska at this time, and I was the assistant coach uh for this high school speech and debate team this catholic high school speech and debate team and uh it was a big the big tournament the big tournament happening in philadelphia the national tournament and we had to fly up there with the kids i was assistant coach to this team to this woman was the head coach and through a lot of our interactions i was getting some science from this lady and i was like i think we're gonna go to this this national tournament I might even, I might even hook up with this lady. Things might get a little crazy, and she was cute. I was like, I could be into that. So we, we're fine. We're uh, me and this coach. We're, we're fine. We're talking, we're interacting. We're fine. She's like her normal self. Um, fly up to Philadelphia, and she starts being extremely weird. Uh, she's, like, uh, kind of groping me in public after not super, like, being like that ever at all. Like, kind of going down by the junk and, like, ground in the arm. Um, some stuff that might be okay with some people, but for me, it was too much all at once. <laughs> um, she'd do some odd things as well. We were, uh, went to, we went to, well, the kids went to go practice. Uh, we went to dinner at this restaurant. And our waiter was just very nice. He was a little a bit more, like, flamboyant of a man. Um, and she would uh, kind of make fun of him, or make fun of his kind of mannerisms that he was doing. Like every time he would kind of leave us, she was like, "Can you believe he stalks like that? Can you believe he like gestures like that?" And I was like, "What kind of person?" I was like, "I don't think I want to do this anymore." And, you know, I thought you were like just normal crazy. I didn't think you were rude as well. I didn't know. I didn't know so for the rest of our interactions just kind of prolonged with that i was picking up she also knew that i love to smoke weed so she bought a gram of weed on the homeless man <laughs> <weed. laughs> she's like i got this for you i was like where'd you get this like, guy i was like Shit. <laughs> she cared <laughs> so, yeah, she, i was just picking up on a lot of these newer things i wasn't uh i, didn't, I haven't seen before i didn't recognize before and uh this whole time i've been having that kind of a texting conversation with my buddy mark back home and he would keep talking he's like hey man you do it yet did it happen What's <laughs> going on did it happen?" Um, got to the point at the very end of the tournament um, um i'm looking nice i'm in a suit we're all sitting down at the award ceremony she's sitting next to me i get a text from my marketing he's asking me about it i finally tell him i'm like hey man i don't think i'm gonna do it um she's Very rude to this uh, waiter that we had. She's been groping me in public. I actually think I've been kind of uncomfortable with the whole thing. I'm kind of ready to, like, get out of here. She bought weed off a homeless man. She's kind of crazy, and I don't think I'm into it anymore. Little did I know, she was reading this text message over my shoulder <laughs> the whole time that I was sharing it with my friend. And immediately, she was like a nice like bubbly sitting down, and immediately I hit sent, I looked over to her, she's just like was <laughs> like, something something was up. Um, and then she pulled me aside and she was like, I saw everything that you shared, and I can't believe that you would tell your friend these things that I did that weren't even true I was like no they're true you did <laughs> these things were justifiable my actions were justifiable um, so this is this the award ceremony was at this event center in downtown Philly and we took a bus up to wherever our hotel was and after the event started and so a lot of the teams were leaving getting together I saw Uh, I was also, at this time, I was competing in college uh, speech and debate and I saw a friend who was at, who's a competitor at George Mason University who I hadn't seen in a while. I uh, just caught up with him, I was shooting the shit and then I turned around and realized they left me at the event center downtown (laughs) and I did not know how to get back. So now I'm just lost in downtown Philadelphia not really knowing where to go. I did see that love sign, the love is so weird in the park. um, (laughs) So I was like, okay, now I know where that's at. (laughs) So I was just lost. I thought I'd found my right apartment. It was just Four Seasons. Uh, so I went I went inside it, and then I was like, ah, this definitely is not it. I gotta, let me go to the bathroom just freshen up a little bit. So I'm in the bathroom, and again, I was at the speech tournament, so I'm in my, my dress club like a, in a suit, looking nice. Um, all of a sudden, some, some drunk gentlemen, all also wearing suits, come in through the door, and they've been having a, a wedding reception party in the banquet hall there. And they come in all laughing, and it's loud, I turn around and look at them, and they look up and they see me, and they're like,
4: Wayne! What's up, Wayne?
3: (laughs) Uh, Not much, man. Just going to the bathroom. We haven't seen you at the party in a while. You've been here the whole time? Yeah, man, I guess so. And then the photographer comes into the bathroom, and they're like, dude, we found Wayne. He looks at me and he's like, dude, So we freshened up and got done, and I went back to the reception party (laughs) Uh, and just crashed it. There are people new though. They're like, we found Wayne, and some people are like, no, that's not Wayne, I don't know <laughs> I just got like drunk free for like an hour having a good time talking to people I knew nothing about about things that I thought I did I was like oh yeah being Wayne it's crazy <laughs> good experience and then I finally dipped out of there about like an hour and some people were just like too many people were like who is that and so I, I got out of there, and actually, as I went outside, I ran into my friend from the George Mason University again, and they were having a house party at their friend's house. So I just scanned, I went with him, and had a nice house party, and crashed uh, on their couch. I uh, found internet access there at their house, and I looked up where my hotel was. And early morning, I walked like six miles back to my <laughs> hotel downtown philadelphia which there were some interesting things there were some things but you just let it go by you, you just to um and get back to my room our room i booked a, we booked this room me and that, that head coach lady we booked this room together and when you would walk in it there's like this big living room and then a bedroom door to a bedroom that way and a door bedroom on that side um, mine was over there, hers was over there. I came in the room and she was asleep on the door frame leading into my <laughs> bed, like, waiting for me. Like, and I like tiptoed over her and I went in I went in there, went into the shower, and just like made some noise just so she'd know I was back. Yeah. And I could hear her like scurry around and like get her stuff together and went into the other room. Uh, and then the next day, they all—it's uh, like we met down in the lobby around eleven. She was just daggers staring at me, and she's like, "We're all gonna go look around at some stuff. Uh, what are you doing today?" I'm like, "I'm gonna take a solo day. I'm gonna take a double decker bus and see some sights," um, which I did. Found um, Benjamin, Benjamin Franklin's grave. The, uh, the first fire firefighter house that he ever made—that was there. Saw the steps that Rocky ran up. That was neat. Um, so yeah, then yeah, I finally reconvene with them later in the evening when our flight takes off, which another awkward part is we bought our tickets together. So I had to sit with her on the flight the whole way back up there and I was trying to talk to her, she was not talking back to me. I was like looking through this little Skywall magazine and they had a clock there was an advertisement for a clock but they, like, misspelled the typo, and the L was out, and just a cock in there. <laughs> <laughs> that feels pretty good, and I showed her, I was like, ah, ah, she's like, no, no. <laughs> I'm not going to forever. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we had a, a little, like, hour break. We had, like, there was this PB and Jake. A restaurant inside this airport. <laughs> we each got a PB&J and sat down and just ate in total silence <laughs> for like 20 minutes. Um, and then I flew back and I have never heard from that lady again. Though I'm also not an assistant speech coach anymore. So, uh, I also got terminated along with uh, a text message. Um, not really too sure what the I don't know what the experience of that story I learned was. What it was like meant for me? Um, I guess I I called it right. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get. I didn't. I didn't fall fall trap. Fall victim to the to the shenanigans of that crazy lady. <laughs> and I got to see a lot of Philadelphia. And I have that experience with me for the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys for listening. That's gonna be my story for sure. And, um, yeah, let's get it
0: good.
4: Let's
3: Central. Everybody give it up for Kath Barbandaro!
0: <laughs> Thank
5: you for your host, everybody. Thanks, guys. Um, I'm glad to be here. I haven't have a storytelling show a wow, out. These are fun. Um, I'm going to tell you guys a story uh, about my childhood. I feel like this story, if you don't know me, will give you some insight into my personality. If you do know me, this is why I am the way I am. Um, this is also I've been the same my entire life. Is what this story's about. So this story uh, takes place. I went to an all-girls summer camp when I was growing up. Uh, for I went for eight years went to an all-girls summer camp in Upstate New Hampshire. Uh, pre puberty, so much fun,
0: just as like a
5: young kid, great. There was a beautiful lake, there was arts and crafts, there were canoes, There, it was wonderful, great, perfect. Post-puberty, not that fun, uh, not super cool. It basically, at a certain point, like right about like 11 or 12, it stopped being cool to like any of the stuff at the camp. Like that, it was no longer uh, fashionable to enjoy it. And it basically became like a femininity indoctrination program. Like it, it stopped being about any of the camp activities. It was all just about, um, Shave it, making sure everyone knew that you shaved your legs. Like, that was really
0: <laughs> the
5: point of camp. Um, everyone just spent every free time tanning, just laying out tanning. 12-year-old girls laying out tanning. For who? Why? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, the shaving your legs was weird. So, you had to let everyone know that you shaved your legs, so people would shave their legs sitting on towels outside their cabins. Just so everyone could see. And it was very important that you had a blue Venus razor and Skintimate shave gel in peach. Those were very important. If you didn't have those, you were not cool at campus. Um Yeah, no one liked anything anymore. Everyone, you know... Like I was a late bloomer. I'm hoping for it this year. You know, like it's, I was not into any of that stuff. I just wanted to make friendship bracelets and go swimming. Like that's all I wanted to do. And like it was very hard for me to find people who'd actually go swimming with me, who weren't just pretending it was their period for two weeks. They didn't have to get in the water. Like it was tough. Usually I could get one or two people who would be my buddies. You know, but there was this one year I was 13 and and I was very alone. Um, I didn't have anybody in my cabin, everybody just wanted to sit out and tan, so uh, it was tough. It was a tough year. So the worst person in my cabin, the one who gave me the most trouble, was this girl named Kim K-Y-M,
0: thank you very much,
5: (laughs) K-Y-M. She was from a very wealthy suburb of Boston called Weston, if any of you were from Massachusetts you would be uh, jeering right now, because fuck those people. (laughs) Well, she lived on a street called Golden Ball Road. Kind of like, Fucking K Y M and her mansion on Golden Ball Road, like fuck that. So K Y M, she was a cheerleader, and she wasn't even just a cheerleader. She was one of the cheerleaders that the other cheerleaders threw up in the air because she was so tiny, you know. Her. And K Y M, she just sucked. She was mean to me. I didn't like her. She thought she was really funny because she did a quote unquote Gollum impression, but that sounded <laughs> nothing like Gollum about it.
0: It's not a fucking good impression. You're just
5: annoying like dolls. Like, so anyway. Anyway on the night we didn't get along. But like I didn't get along with most people in this cabin, so whatever. Uh It really came to a head, though, when this was, so I was 13, so it was about, I don't know, 2003 or so, and our cabin got into uh, an interesting debate about the Iraq War, which I'm sure, just the level of discourse was, I'm sure, very high. I'm sure it was a meeting of the minds, for sure. And so we're talking about the Iraq War, and like, I'm 13 at this point, I don't know what I'm talking about. I know I like punk rock. I know I don't like killing people and I know I love disagreeing with Kim. So
0: <laughs> that
5: pretty much telegraphed what my stance on the Iraq war was going to be. So, you know, I was like, I, it's awful. Like, I don't think we should be there. We're there under false pretenses, oil, whatever I heard in the fucking anti-flag song that I
0: listened to. <laughs> so that-
5: I told Kim and we get in a huge fight about it we get in a big fight she is furious that I do not support the troops Kim is very (laughs) upset and so Kim starts being really bad like she starts sort of talking shit about me when I can hear like she's trying to turn people against me luckily I had some allies in my cabin well, I had alleys in my cabin.
0: Um <laughs> I was, hey, I <laughs> Thankfully, Allie J
5: and i F. I'm not making this up. My the alleys were my allies.
0: Were <laughs> nice to meet you and so Allie J and Ali F after a few days
5: let me know that Kim had been stealing and reading my journal when I was not in the cabin because I would go out and do the camp activities, but everyone else would stay in the cabin because it's not cool to do camp activities and they don't read my journal. Mm-hmm. So that was their free time. And so Allie J and tell me that she's reading my journal, and I'm mortified because at this point, I'm 13, my entire journal is bad religion lyrics and uh, stuff about the boy I had a crush on uh, back in middle school whose name was Phil, he was six feet tall, he had a red afro, and who uh, wore camo shorts with a clash patch on him. So, you know, not my proudest moments, any of that, but uh, so they're reading my journal, I find out about this. I Set. So I write to my parents about what's going on, and I, I, you know I tell them all this stuff, and I feel like you know this is a girls being mean to each other problem. I'm sort of expecting my mom to like give me some wisdom. But it was about politics, and my dad is a very serious political dude. So my dad ended up writing me back and applauding me for standing up to my, standing up for my beliefs. And he included a bunch of quotations um, from like various political thinkers about like the importance <laughs> of, of uh, dissent and things like that.
0: That's, that's a fucking
5: nerd. So he, he thinks of it completely intellectually, and was like, "Here, I'm going to help you solve this feud with this third Fucking like Benjamin Franklin quote. So my dad sent me this letter back. It's very sweet, but probably not super helpful. Um, And so after I get this letter from my dad, Kim is giving me guff one day, and uh, I go up to Kim and I say, you know, patriotism is the last refuge of a scoundrel. my journal around with me everywhere. which I was already the weird kid at camp. I'm carrying a book
0: around. It, it was
5: not great. But I, there are two, there's some silver linings to this story, right? There's two silver linings to this story. Number one, I was fucking right about a rat. There were no WMDs, KYM. Fuck you. And number two, I looked her up on Facebook now. She spells her name the normal way now <laughs> and, uh, and she uh, now manages a Mexican restaurant in Baltimore so I think I'm
0: doing better than her <laughs> uh,
5: that's my story thanks uh-
3: We're going to keep this chugging right along. Uh, Visiting us this is actually one of my good buddies. Uh, we started doing comedy together in Nebraska. He's coming down this way. He's going to be living in Corpus, and maybe we'll be seeing him around town pretty soon. Uh, very talented, very funny dude. Give it up for Grant
4: Parsons. Yeah, you guys, here we go. One more time. Holy shit, you guys. Uh... So this is a story that happened uh, four years ago. and It's basically just a story about how far comedians will go for comedy. So this happened, like I said, four years ago. I was a pretty new comedian, so a little background before we get into it. Uh, first of all, I just got accepted in my first comedy festival. Very exciting for a new comedian. Uh, same week got accepted in the festival got fired from a job uh,
0: yeah also
4: very exciting so i did what every young comedian would do in that situation started collecting unemployment uh i a professional comedian now the stars have aligned uh, so i decided to do like i got in the festival down in san diego so i'm like i'm gonna uh, tour fucking goddamn professional comedian now that's so what we're doing uh looking back on it it was The open mic tour, as I like to call it. (laughs) So we went from Lincoln, Denver, Las Vegas, San Diego, L.A., eventually up here in Austin. Because why not? Uh, So hit the road to. Oh no! A little background before I leave. Uh, Also, just got a DUI. (laughs) Yeah. Huge drinking problem. Uh, Also, substance problems. I find I'm going on a long road trip for about three weeks just bought a bag of Adderall for my friend Josh. Probably shouldn't have said his name, this is going online. Uh, bought a bag of Adderall, like, I'm like, how much can I get? He's like, you can get the whole thing. I'm like, sold, we're taking it. Getting an unemployment check, $600 every other week, man. I'm gonna live off this shit. Uh, so hit the road, got a bag of Adderall, a drinking problem, and all the ambition of the world, you guys. Go to Denver. Show's fine. It's also February, so like I kind of knew Denver might have like some rough weather. Do the show, open mic, whatever. Uh, the comedians afterwards they come up to me like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's good, man. We can you stay and do our show tomorrow? I was like, I'd love to. So I'm like, just let me check. Let me just check my no, Let me check the radar. <laughs> radar. Realize there's a huge snowstorm coming into Denver. I'm like, oh shit, not only can I sit and not stay tonight, but I can't, I I have to leave right now. I've had a couple beers, Adderall's going, haven't slept. I'm like, I have to leave right now. Looking back on it, you guys, I could have totally left in the morning, headed straight south, I've done the whole mountain pass thing. But I was like, I have to leave right now. I get all manic, I get in my car, try to start my car. Anybody have DUI in here? (laughs) Only <laughs> me? Okay. So they like a, a breathalyzer. They're like, you can have a couple, is what the breathalyzer does. And so I go to try and start my car. It's like, yeah... We'll let you start it but we're just gonna annoy you until you're pretty much sober. So I get my car started, pop a couple more Adderall, hit the road, and I do the Vail Mountain Pass with a snowstorm coming in. And yeah, it's ter- anybody done that drive before? Yeah. It's terrifying in the day. It's terrifying when you're sober, but it's extremely terrifying when you're like, fucked up on Adderall, you're just like, I gotta keep going, I gotta keep going. There's signs that say like, turn back, now, I'm like, what oh, are you saying? I got dreams, right?
0: <laughs> so I make it
4: somehow. I make it through the, the mountain pass. Um, at one point, I almost like slide off the road. No like, oh, dreams, stay. And uh, make it through the Bale Mountain Pass. I get to a point where I should just stopped, right? Should just stopped, got to bed. But Adderall brain goes, no, just keep going, right? And so get through uh, Utah, the sun's coming out. I'm like, this is it, guys, I see God, I to God, I'm like, thank you God for getting me through the mountain pass. So, we're almost to, I'm outside Las Vegas, My that was terrifying. Hope nothing else goes wrong on this trip. Hmm, sh- there's gonna be shit that goes wrong on this trip, Grant, guarantee you. Um, so I'm driving, listen to like, just dubstep, just like rolling pretty much, like a lot ecstasy in my car, just having grand old times. And uh, I, I look in my rear view mirror, and there's like just this black SUV on my ass. And I go, oh, they want me to go faster.
0: <laughs> And
4: so I did, and then sure enough, woo-woo's sirens turn on, it's the caps, they pull me over, and I'm freaking out because I haven't slept. And looking back on it, they totally profiled me. They see like Nebraska license plate, this kid just going like this in his car. <laughs> They're like, yeah, he's got some meth.
0: <laughs>
4: For sure. They pull me over, they have me roll down my window, I give them my license like registration. Uh, I think we're going to be in and out. He goes back to the car, comes back, talks to me. And he's like, uh, we just need you to step out for a second. Come talk to us. He goes, oh, yeah, by the way, just leave that leave that window down. I'm like, ah, OK, cool. Let's go talk to the cops. I know, white privilege. We'll get out of this real quick.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> so the cops, they, they, they're, they're kind of interrogating me a little bit. They're like, do you have any drugs in your car? I'm like, absolutely not. He's like, do you have any coke? I'm like, no. He's like, do you have any heroin? I'm like, no. He's like, do you have any meth? I'm like, eh.
0: <laughs> barrel, right? Same thing.
4: And then he goes, okay, we're just going to do one last thing. We're going to have a drug dog come around the car, do a little loop. You'll be fine. You'll be out of here. I'm like, uh, no, I know my rights. You're not you're not having a drug dog come. They're like, no, we're doing it. I'm like, shit. So they bring the drug dog. They get over to the passenger's window, and I see the cop he just kind of, like, taps on the window, when the window's roll down, the dog jumps up. Um, And he goes, you know what that means? And I'm like, you taught your dog how to look in my car? What does that mean? He goes, that means you have drugs in your car. Do you have any drugs in your car? And I cave. And I just go, ah, I have a marijuana pipe in my car. And you guys, if you know anything about cops, don't fuck cop shit, because I was like a rock hard baller from that point. (laughs) He's like, yes, we got it! And they just tear my car apart. Like on the side of the road just digging through shit. I don't care about the pipe, you guys. Like I had a pipe, but I didn't have any weed. Uh, cause Denver, yeah, smoked it, left it there. Uh, but I'm freaking out about the Adderall, right? I have a bag of Adderall. But at the time, I was working for a supplement company, too. Or I, I just got fired from the supplement company. <laughs> So I have like a ton of supplements and I'm smart enough or dumb enough, whatever, to just mix the Adderall in with all like these vitamins and stuff. And so at one point I see the cop look at the other cop, he pulls down the bag. And they kind of look at each other, look at the bag, and I'm just like, I'm fucked, that's a class one felt me. I'm going to jail, buy dreams. And they just look at it, and they just throw it down, and they come back to me, and they're like, okay, we just need you to do one thing. I'm like, no pills, you don't know about the pills, whatever you want me to do, this is fine. They go, we just need you to break this pipe, and
0: you're on your way. I'm like, <laughs> break the pipe? <laughs> 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 this is some kind of
4: weird moral lesson. <laughs> This is going to (laughs) suck. Throw the pipe down. Bounces off the cement. It's a good pipe. Make it again take off, Uh, it's the middle of the day, I see Vegas, and I just kind of drive by Vegas in the day, I'm like, fuck you Vegas, nope, just gonna keep going. (laughs) I was like, yeah, that sucked, but we got off scot-free, right? Nothing else can bad happen on this trip, right? So I'm about 20 minutes outside of San Diego. Again, you guys, I haven't slept, it's been like 36 hours. Cruising on the 15, feeling good, windows down, then out of nowhere, I just hear a loud pop. My tire blew out. Yeah. Has anybody have a tire blowout? It's way yeah, it sucks, right? It's different than a flat tire. Like a flat tire is just like like you kinda of feel it coming, you're like a dad, you're just like, oh yeah, yeah, flat tire, right? Your tire blows out, it's like a fucking Michael Bay movie. It's like, oh, that's so I feel my car like go like this and I go, not today! And the outer all kicks all in, I'm <laughs> Taking the guardrail, going eighty miles an hour, slamming, and I'm I'm full of energy and just the, the most adrenaline shock I've ever had. I'm like, Am I? I don't even know if I'm alive at this point. And I'm in, I'm in the meat. I'm luckily I'm in like a grassy median area. And uh, now I've fucked up traffic. The whole thing. I call the cops, which is weird, right? I just dealt with cops, and I'm the cops. I'm like, no, I need you now. Please come. So the cop comes. And he like takes my car, he pushes over out of traffic, I fuck up traffic for a little bit. The cop's like, "What happened? My like, tire just fucking blew out." i was like, it's crazy." <laughs> He's like, "Fuck yeah, you, man." I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "I saw this happen to a girl last week." I was like, "Shit!" Like, "What happened to her?" He goes, "Oh, she died." I'm like, "Oh!" <laughs> 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 so get my tobacco fixed. the car's actually fine he's just a little fucked up and uh, stay in San Diego do the shows go to Los Angeles hang out there for about a week buddy lives in Malibu he's a fucking rich kid whatever load it off him uh, spend about a week there and then it's it's on to Austin actually I had some shows planned out here I wanted to come check out Austin and so my buddy sends me off with a little bag of weed he goes here this is for your trip I never learn anything do I let's take this <laughs> So I'm cruising through New Mexico, wounding joints, smoking joints, Listen to Sam Fennison's <laughs> version of Wild Thing.
0: <laughs> you like, These are just things
4: when you're a professional comedian you're just telling like, stories, right? It's still popping out, all right? You haven't learned anything. I'm like, gotta make it to... See how far we can make it, right? And that was my goal. I was like, it's like a 20-some hour commute from Los Angeles. I'm like, let's just see how close I can get to Austin in one day. I make it to right outside El Paso. I'm like, I should just stop. And Adderall goes, no, man, that's not what we do. We keep going. Uh, and so I, I, I get outside of El Paso, and I see a sign that says Border Patrol check. Okay. And I go, okay, I used to live in San Diego. You just do one of these. And I see, okay, I'm white, right? And they just <laughs> fly through. No big deal. But it's like 2 o'clock in the morning, right? It's just me, and there's a van in front of me. I'm just like, just waiting not even nervous, right? I see this van, and then I see a drug dog come out. And then I hear the dog barking. I'm like, oh, this guy's getting fucked. <laughs> and then I see the dog, and it just kind of locks eyes with me. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm getting fucked. <laughs> <laughs> they wave the van through. I pull up, and they're like, where you going? I'm like, I'm going to dust and- I'm like, trying to talk over the dog bark. <laughs> and they're like, when uh, you just step out of the car, I'm like, I just did this. This is, this is, this is not good. And uh, Border Patrol check, you guys. They're very thorough. They, they know what's up. They do a little inventory check. They're like, you got suitcases. Got it. You got dreams. Yeah, kind of. Got it. They're like, what's this bag? I go, that's supplements. And the one guy goes, this looks like Adderall. I'm like that's adderall
0: but
4: it's my adderall And they're like okay we'll see about that so they book me i get arrested i get handcuffed the whole thing they take my shoelaces because they're like he, he's got dreams now but we don't know what he's gonna do uh they lock me up they throw me in a cell i try to sleep but like still like got that adderall brain lay down eventually i fall asleep and i just wake up to like Opens opens up the door and the first thing he says to me, he goes, "We didn't know you were a famous comedian." Oh, I'm like, "Oh, thank God, this is all just a dream." be fine. I'm Watch my YouTube videos all night. I'm <laughs> It's like, all friendly, and it's like just a little small town community, and they're just like, Yeah, you know, the, they said this to They're like, Did you not know where you did, like, Do you have internet? I'm like, Fuck, now you got jokes now? Like, that's so yeah. Turns out they bust everyone, man. They got Willie Nelson, they busted Snoop Dogg, they got everyone care about me they're just like here's a fucking $700 fine and oh yeah by the way that Adderall you said you have a prescription for we just have to go and you know the sheriff's gonna take you we just need to have you like prove that you have a prescription for that I'm like oh yeah let's let's go do that no I don't have a prescription at all so get there and he's just like, you know, he's talking to me about this. So, well, what are you doing in Austin? You're kind of dreams. And I'm freaking out you yeah, guys, because I need to come up with something quick. I'm like, can I step out and call my mom real fast? She, you know, she's the one that deals with my prescription. So I'm just just, just little kid with some dreams, right? <laughs> so I panic, and I come back in the room, and I go, hey, man, I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't have a prescription for Adderall. I knew I was going on a long trip. So I actually used to have a prescription, but it expired when I was in college. Oh, bullshit, right? And I just thought I could bring it. And he goes, You know what? Since you were honest with me, I'm going to let you go. This is just going to be a misdemeanor. It's usually a felony. I'm like, So I'm free to go? He goes, No, you got to go back to jail. We got to put you again. And you know what, you guys? Uh, before I came down here, I was like, uh, moving to Corpus Christi, I'm gonna be a Manny for my sister. I don't know why that's important. Anyways, well, what was important is taking care of this ticket, right? For three years, I kind of just let that sit. Let that sit. I'm like, fucking, I'm never going back. Going back to Texas, uh, I'll never move there. Uh, so procrastination at its finest, you guys. I tried to call down and take care of the ticket, and uh, they don't answer their phone at all. So I still have a warrant out for my arrest. So let's hope <laughs> like I get <laughs> over. <hold back. Yeah. laughs> Grant Parsons,
0: everybody, Woo! keep it
3: going for Grant. Keep it going. Let him hear it. Hell uh, yeah! Hell yeah! You guys. Showed up. Uh, we, got, we got a big couch right up here, front and center. It's vacant. Uh, it's it's you want it? Oh yeah, there they come. That's what's up. Hey, keep the energy going. You guys ready for next story tonight? Hell oh, yeah, hell oh, yeah. Uh, next time coming up, Barry Thompson, one of my favorite comics in the city. Uh, give it up for Justin Hicks.
6: Woo! Yeah. What's up? How are you doing? Thanks for coming out, guys. I know it's a little rainy. Rough outside, so we appreciate you guys being here. Uh, My story is gonna be about a road trip I took in 2009. Uh, During this road trip, I had a really sexually aggressive encounter with a dog (laughs) Uh, named Pedro. Uh, We'll get that rolling. Um, Started off, man, one thing you gotta know about me, Uh, I'm allergic to dogs. (laughs) And uh, it's not a choice, you know? (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. That's the hard thing. Like you tell someone you're allergic to dogs, they react to it like it's a choice. Like they give me this look, like I told them I voted for Trump. Like I didn't choose. This, <laughs> this is the cards I was dealt in life. It's a hard life as a kid when you're allergic to dogs because you don't get to do things other kids get to do. You know, like other kids have cool dogs, like Labradoodles and Golden Retrievers and Dachshunds. And, like I just had a fish named Ralph. <laughs> fish sucks. <laughs> your fish dies, your dad just buys you like 15 more fish for $25. <laughs> like how valuable is a family that costs $25? <laughs> you imagine that, hey, we just bought the entire Henderson family for $25. <laughs> Henderson's probably sucked It's, not like it it's also sucks like when you get older, you're limited to dogs, and dating's really hard. It's like, you look at Tinder and like all that stuff, like it literally says in women's profiles, must like dogs. And I'm like, well, I can't do this then, you know? Like if I go to your house and I hang out with your dog, I'm gonna pass away in your living room. <laughs> It's gonna be awkward for all of us. I also like anyone in here have dogs? Do you have any dog posts in here? Anyone own a dog? I have a dog. Just one? Okay. I think you're like a superhuman, you know? Like I
1: am because that dog is terrible.
6: Yeah, I look up to people with dogs. Like They hold dogs in their face, they kiss them, and like they don't sneeze. I look at people who just, like, people who could do that to me are like people who could dunk a basketball. Like I'm in all of their talents, it's amazing. But uh, so that's out of the way, I'm allergic to dogs. Uh, second thing to know about me, I love baseball. I'm a big baseball fan. I grew up in Connecticut, my mom is still of baseball and me, so I love baseball. So when I turned 21 years old, this is 2009, uh, I was going into my senior year of college. Me and my friend Fred, his birthday is the day before my birthday. He's also been a big birthday fan, or baseball fan. <laughs> we're all birthday fans. <laughs> no a <visa> blessing. <laughs> we're both big baseball fans. So me, Fred, and our friend Dave, we get in the car, we go on a road trip. So we start from Connecticut, we're going all the way to Wisconsin, Milwaukee. We're gonna circle back and go to every baseball game we can in between. So like an awesome little baseball road trip with the guys, really cool. So we get in the car, we're going. One of our stops is Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, the beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. It sucks, but anyway. We're in Cleveland, we're hanging out, we see a game. And we need a place to crash. Like we're kind of broke, we're like college students. So we knew this one girl. They knew this girl, her name was Anna. Anna lives in Aurora, Ohio. Aurora, Ohio is about 45 minutes outside of Cleveland. So we go to Cleveland, we catch a game. After the game, we drive down to Aurora to see Anna, and we crash at Anna's house. And it's like a it's a good situation. Anna's parents are out of town. She has some friends over. We have a little party, it's really cool. And I'm walking around Anna's house like we had never met before. I'm walking around her house and on the walls is these pictures of like this man like standing underneath a whale <laughs> jumping over him or like training a seal and all this weird stuff <laughs> <laughs> It's like this dude in lions and like this dude it's like weird. So I asked Anna, I'm like, Anna, like is this your dad? She's like, yeah, my dad's actually a professional animal trainer. He trains animals, he's one of the best animal trainers in the country. So that's something to know part two I'm hanging out with Anna we're having a good time I meet her dog the dog's name is Pedro Thompson it's a little buff Terrier pit bull mix. you know and the funny thing about it, like I love dogs with last names
0: <laughs>
6: it is so adorable and unnecessary. <laughs> By luck. And also, the dog's last name was Thompson, Hannah's last name was not Thompson. <laughs> I just looked at Pedro, I'm like, yeah, Pedro's going to be a Thompson. Uh, he's going to be with the in-law family, we don't like him. <laughs> so I meet Pedro, now remember, this guy, this guy, he's an animal trainer, and he also breeds domestic pets like dogs. When you breed pets, you don't spade or neuter those animals. So something to know about Pedro, Pedro's about four months old, he's kind of young, he has some big old dog balls. (laughs) He's very sexually aggressive. (laughs) Other thing to know, when you're allergic to dogs, it's kind of like a human nature thing. You know like in human nature, when you're not looking for a relationship, like you don't like a certain person That person's just drawn to you by <laughs> That's how dogs are with me You know like They know they can just destroy my life And my well-being And they just want to be with me you know? <laughs> I walk into a house That dog's like, hey, want to be my friend? Hey, want to be my friend? Hey, want to be my friend? <laughs> don't want to be your friend, Pedro You know, I don't want to be with you The other thing to know about me I hate dogs with balls And I don't like it <laughs> I think they're arrogant I like how they carry themselves It's a little bit cliche But I'm going to say Dogs are really cocky about their balls It's inappropriate So I mean Pedro, Pedro's a young pup. He knows I'm allergic to the dogs. <laughs> Obviously, Pedro loves the hell out of the guy. He loves me. He's just fucking my leg all night. <laughs> just going at it, any chance he gets. And it gets weird to the point everybody notices and is like, my bad, Pedro does this from time to time. He must like you. So we lock Pedro in the basement. With food. <laughs> 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 the party goes on. We had a good time. We're hanging out. We're in Ohio, we're young. We're Dumb, it's good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This animal trainer doesn't know like a black man is sleeping on a pull-out couch in his living room. <laughs> man, will <would> be terrified.
0: <laughs>
6: <laughs> so tonight, we get to the end of the night and we crash in this pull-out couch in the living room. Me and my buddy Fred, I'm on one side, Fred's on the other side. We passed out, we've been drinking a lot. And I wake up in this kind of daze. You know, I feel this like... Really melodic friction on my face. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like a split-section, split-second reaction. I'm like, what's happening, you know? Me and Fred have been friends a long time. I don't know Fred got an idea. I don't know what's going on. So I kind of slowly opened my eyes. And as I open my eyes like it's pitch black in this room. Something to know about Pedro Thompson. <laughs> Pedro is like, he has a beautiful, sleek, white coat. <laughs> a little, buff, white dog. It's like a New Jersey Shore cast member with a dog would be Pedro Thompson. <laughs> so even in the dark, I could see this white sheep coat just rubbing against my face.
0: <laughs> Down. He's
6: just giving my face the business, you know? <laughs> giving to me. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't know anyone who's allergic to dogs or you're allergic to dogs, you know the worst part about dogs is the saliva and the fur. If I touch saliva, if I touch fur and I touch my face, my eyes swell up. It's kind of like, you ever see the movie Hitch? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's <laughs> like a lurking reaction in his face. Just That's what happens to my face. It's horrifying. So I wake up and this is happening to my face. Oh. And Pedro's strong. <laughs> <laughs> he's also like getting what he's been dreaming about <laughs> all night. <laughs> Like, you think, like, yeah, you just, like, lift this dog off your face. No, like, this was this was a struggle. So, like, I'm trying to get Pedro off my face. Pedro doesn't want to get off my face. The rustling wakes Fred up. Fred wakes up like, fuck, that dog's fucking your face. <laughs> so, we're kind of like... To ask him to get Pedro off my face, we get him off. Anna hears this commotion. Anna comes downstairs. He's at it again. So we, we lock Pedro outside, and it's kind of like this is a nice house. And it was one of those houses where there's a living room, there's a couch that we were sleeping on. The couch was facing the outside. There's these two glass doors where you can see the. Couch. <laughs> So we throw Pedro out And we're kind of like, we've been drinking a lot So we just, we had this little commotion We put Pedro outside, we all go back to bed So we go back to sleep And I wake up, and you ever know You have that sixth sense as a person Where you can tell when someone's staring at you You can feel the glance From someone So I'm laying on my back This is like four or five hours away later and I open my eyes, I'm looking at the ceiling, and I feel this, like, presence of someone just staring at me. Like, I feel like something's off in the course, you know? Like when Harrison Ford died in that movie recently. <laughs> Something was awry. And I sit up, and I look out of those doors, and Pedro's face is against the glass, and his tongue's hanging out, like, oh, I'm gonna fuck you again, <laughs> So we get out of there as quickly as possible. I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) <laughs> Remember, my face is just jacked up with Pedro <laughs> fucking my face So our next stop, we're in Ohio Our next stop is Michigan We're going to Detroit, Michigan So I have to drive from Ohio to Michigan With my face swelled up with water just oozing from my eyes And I have to go to the CVS in Detroit To get some Benadryl And this guy thinks I'm like a homeless drug addict It's <laughs> like, what's wrong with you, man? like, it's all fucked my face, man <laughs>
3: It's hacen- Got battle. It's a battle. It's a battle. It's a battle. It's It's this guy's coming up. Very, very funny comic. Uh, runs a show down south at uh, Radio Coffee and Beer. Uh, very talented gentleman. Give it up for
5: Trace Holt. Woo! Uh, give it up for
7: Justin one more time I never thought I'd be worried about falling. a About someone getting hung by a dog <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah uh, this is going to be a little shaky for me Sorry if you guys see me shaking I'm trying to give up drinking It's a little bit weird for me uh, It's a hard thing for my people It's a big part of our past
0: It's a cultural
7: <laughs> integration thing I don't know if y'all met a lot of white trash <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're trying to quit drinking uh, you, you still have the same habits they have when you're, like, just at first, you know, like, you still end up in the same places and doing the same shit. Like, last night, Friday night at 3 o'clock in the morning, I am still in the Whataburger drive-thru. <laughs> uh, the dude in front of me is just, I don't know if you've been the sober person in the Whataburger drive-thru at 3 o'clock in the morning, but that's a different beast. Uh, the dude in front of me is just yelling into the order box at the top of his lungs. Uh, and the woman on the other side is, like, struggling to recount it correctly. And when she does, the dude yells at her, Boom! <laughs> I'm laughing at this idiot, uh, and he gets out of his car and he starts walking back towards me, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is, what, uh, uh, you know, fuck, I'm gonna get beat the fuck up in the Whataburger drive-thru at 3 o'clock in the morning, my mouth's getting me in trouble even though I'm not drinking, uh, but he gets to the window, and he's like, dude, dude, do you have a lighter? <laughs> I did, so I gave it to him, uh, and he uses it, and he hands it back to me, and he's like, dude, dude, what are you getting?
0: <laughs> like,
7: i like, <laughs> uh, but I, I do. I tell him I'll get a couple of the breakfast biscuits. He goes, Oh, dude, that's
0: badass, That's fucking bad ass.
7: <laughs> so much more excited about what I was getting. <laughs> <laughs> he gets back in his car and he drives off in the night. Uh, and I pull up to the window and the woman tells me, Oh, that last guy paid for your order. I wow. oh, want a dick, right? <laughs> It's just supposed to be me and my shame. He's got to make it about him. you know what I'm trying do? <laughs> I don't I don't to be his good deed for the evening. And I don't think breakfast biscuits cancel out the DWI, you <laughs> know? That's not my story, I was just bullshitting with it all for a few minutes to try and get comfortable. Um, I'm gonna tell y'all a story that I didn't, I, this is, I don't claim ownership of this story, but I don't rightly know who does, as the story will lead y'all to, know. anyway. Uh, like 10 years ago, I'm 19, I'm trying to find roommates, uh, I'm looking for roommates that I was considering using Craigslist, and a buddy of mine was like, no, don't fucking do that. Don't use Craigslist to find a roommate. Let me tell you a story I heard about somebody that found a roommate on Craigslist. Uh... And so I'm going to tell you the tale. Uh, we've, I've been, it's been dubbed the Shitter Story. Uh, and I've been telling this every now and then. I go to this thing, the Kerrville Folk Festival, every summer. And I have drunk or tripping friends come and find me at least once a festival. They're like, dude, tell the Shitter Story. Uh, so I'm giving it to you guys. Uh, A guy, a well-to-do young man, a student with a reasonable amount of money on his side, decides that he's trying to find a roommate, he's trying to find a place to live somewhere here in Austin. Um, And he finds a guy It's like the perfect setup. The other dude's got money, He's family money, you know, so it's a clean, nice living space. Uh, He moves into it, it's all bills paid, it's so good. It's like the greatest spot you could dream of. He's got this nice view of everything, whatever. so he's living there. A, a few weeks start going by uh, kind of strangely. The, the guy that he's moved in with, we'll go ahead and just start calling him the shitter from the very beginning. <laughs> uh, the shitter starts acting a little strange right off the bat. He's, he's a little emotionally unstable. He's worried about a relationship that he's in. He's worried about some friends that aren't as happy with him and his behavior as of late that they once were. Uh, and the guy's like, oh man, that sucks, you know, he's trying to be there for him. At this point, we'll call this guy the student. The student's trying to be there for his new roommate, the shitter. <laughs> the student's uh, trying to be his friend. He's trying to let him know, hey man, it's it's not that bad. Uh, but a couple weeks go by, and the student finds... Uh, one day while he's looking to make a sandwich on break from school, a bag, a Ziploc bag with poop in it in the crisper drawer, in his fridge, which is not right. That's just right, I get you. All right. All right you're, not, you're not on board with it. I get it. It's rough. Uh, if you're not on board now, just wait, because it gets worse. Um, so he, he sees it. He's like, that's... That's not right, uh, so he just throws it away. So like, I'm not, we're not even gonna ask questions. We're throwing this out. We're not even gonna ask questions. That doesn't need to be in the crystal door. You know, I, we're, we're getting rid of the shit. Um. A couple of days go by, and he finds a fresh bag of deuce in the crisper drawer. Uh, and he, he's like, "All right, that's not cool." And I feel like I have to say something. This clearly isn't an accident. This clearly isn't like this is an experiment. I need in. I need to, you know, I need to know what's going on. Uh, and so he confronts the guy. He's like, "Hey, man! So the other day, you know, I was in the fridge, and I found this uh, this, this poop in a bag." And the guy freaks out. him, never talk about the shit bags. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, all right, just, like, never tried he's never, He's like, freaking out on right? me. <laughs> okay, all right, uh, that's, like, not in the least, you know what I mean? It's
0: <laughs> you know,
7: like, this is an addendum after the guy moves in. <laughs> like, also, don't talk about the bags of shit you find. Uh, <laughs> so the guy's like, fuck it, whatever, I'll get a mini fridge. He gets a mini fridge, starts keeping his stuff in his room. <laughs> 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 Time goes on, and they're still sharing a common area, so uh, he he notices things. You know, he can't help but notice things. One day, he notices one of these Ziploc bags uh, of poop has now made its way to the coffee table.
0: <laughs> hey,
7: man, uh, look, I know you said not to talk about the shit bags. I got out on him again. What
0: did I say about the shit bags? Talk
7: shit bags. So he's like, alright, you know what, I'm just not going to study in the living room anymore. It's cool. It's cool. I got a room. i want to do things in my room. So he gets a lock for his door. Um, and he just starts hanging out in his room all the time. He's got his mini fridge. He's got his own room. Just have fun with the bags of shit out there. You know, whatever. Uh, and and uh, he comes home one day to find uh, a smell, a certain aroma. From, from the house. He's like, God damn it, I know where he's going. And he goes into his roommate's space and continues to follow his nose uh, and discovers that this dude has just not been flushing for <laughs> basically, probably, potentially the entire time he's been living there so far. And, uh, and it's now started to to pile this. He, and he's, it's like, He's discovered that the guy has piled up so far out of the toilet this dude had to have been like standing atop it to get the mouth out. Uh, it's like the pile of shit that the Triceratops leaves and directs it uh, uh, And there's one in the hand sink too. This guy's like, just been saving it up. Uh, and so he he freaks out a little bit and he calls the cops. He's like, hey, I, I started living with this guy a couple months ago here's what's gone down so far Uh, it regales them with the same tale that I've just mortified you all with. To be told that the guy hadn't really done anything wrong (laughs) disgusting yeah but you can't really charge the guy And it's not really something that he's willing to break his lease over, uh, so he just kind of deals with it, you know. And he's like, "Okay, we'll keep this on file at least for later, right?" They're like, "Yeah, we got you, we got you, bro. We'll keep it on file." Uh, So time goes on, things are all right with the shitter and the student for a little while. They've reached a a tenuous balance, you know, whatever uh, in the place. And the guy breaks down, the shitter breaks down to the student one night, he's like, hey, uh, man, I gotta, can we go out for beers or something, man, I'm, I'm having a really rough day. Uh, my girlfriend broke up with me. And the guy's like, no, like, you probably shit all over her house. Too. <laughs> I'm not going to go out drinking with you. He's like, come on, man, I really need a friend. I really need a friend come and hang out with me. He's like, no, I'm, I'm sorry, but no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to hang out with you. I don't really want you in my space. And the guy kind of freaks out. Well, you don't want me in your space? We live together in my room. I thought my friend. I kind of freaks out with him. He's like, yeah, I'm just not going to have this conversation with you anymore. Kind of extricates himself in the situation, just trying to be real careful to avoid the shit on the way in and out of his place now. Um... And one day he comes home and he finds that the lock on his room has been broken. No. The guy's gotten into his room. And he looks around and nothing's been stolen, nothing's been messed with, but in his toilet there is an unflushed shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. It's a warning, Miss. Yeah, exactly. I what things to come. Uh, and so he's, he's not okay with this. He calls the cops again. They're like, again, really? I mean... There's not a whole lot we can do about this unless he gets violent with you. We understand that this is maybe talk to your landlord. This isn't really something that we can do anything for you on. uh, so he goes on and just lives in fear of what's to come <laughs> and he's, he's still just maintaining minimal contact, he's paying bills he's coming and going without seeing the shitter as often as he can uh, and he's ignoring him and one day the shitter starts blowing up his phone and he just won't answer he's not answering, he doesn't want to engage, you know, he's, he's got a do not engage policy with the shitter at this point point. Uh, and so he's studying in his room, he's, he's turned his phone off, whatever, he's not paying attention he starts to hear from the other side of the apartment, like a high-pitched scream, like almost like a woman's scream coming from the other side of the apartment. And he remembers that his girlfriend had dumped him, and he's like, oh fuck, this guy, he's over there shitting on her or something, like I gotta go, (laughs) I gotta stop this. Uh, So the guy rides a moped around town, so he gets his motorcycle helmet on, and he gets uh, a tire iron. He's like, all right, I'm going to go in there. He's got a mag light, he's got a tire iron, he's got a motorcycle helmet on. He's just ready for action. <laughs> um, but it's been a, you know, a day or so since he's seen the shitter at all, and a while since he's been in his room. He hasn't really hung out in the living room much. So he gets into the main part and notices all the lights are out. All the lights are out in the house in this area. Uh, he can't see anything. He's got his mag light. That's why, uh, you know, I forget the name, whatever, anyway. Uh, he's got his mag light. He's wandering in the darkness. He's got his tire iron. He thinks he sees something coming at him. He starts swinging at it. Uh, it's a coat rack. He breaks his own glass on his motorcycle helmet, renders his only form of defense against the potential assailant useless. Uh, he takes it off. He proceeds into the dark with his tire iron and his mag light. He uh, notices that as he gets closer to the shitter's room, that he he's walking on newspaper. I don't know if you guys have indoor dogs, but there's a very familiar squish under the newspaper as he's walking around. The shit has grown, it's, it's gotten worse, and he gets to this guy's room, and the shrieking, this woman's shrieking, has gotten louder, and there's now this deep bass thudding noise. Going on, He's really freaked out at this point. He opens the guy's room. There's nothing in there. There's still this loud thudding emanating from the restroom. There's still this high-pitched screaming emanating from the restroom. He opens the dude's restroom door, and the dude is sitting in his claw-toed bathtub, rocking it back and forth, making that thudding noise just shrieking at the top of his lungs in a tub filled up to the chest with his own waist. Oh. Right? Oh my god, right? Oh. It's so fucked up. I have people that ask me every summer to tell this story. <laughs> It's so gross. So he's just freaking out. They're kind of, you know, deer in the headlights kind of moment with this dude. And the dude reaches into the shit pool and produces from within it a shit-covered knife. (laughs) He leaps at the guy. The guy just beats the hell out of him with his tire iron. Calls the cops like, hey, I think I got something you could get him off. He finally crossed that line. Remember that guy was telling me about, um... Hey. And so the buddy of mine that told me this story, the moral of being don't look for roommates on Craigslist, stay with your fucking friends, lose <laughs> your brother, find someone you know, because then at least you'll have a whole bunch of character references. I don't know, whatever. Uh yeah. So the the story, I tell this story to you guys. I told this story to my buddy who told me the story, my friend Ian. He's also a stand up comedy, moved to New York a couple years ago. I saw Ian when I went to visit a couple of years ago. I was like, remember that crazy fucking story you told me? And he was like, what story are you talking about? And I told him, you know, the finer points of the shitter story, uh, the abridged shitter story. And he tells me, I didn't tell you that story. I have no idea where you got that story from. <laughs> And I was so sure it was Ian. Like I, I would, I would have pledged my life on it if it had not talked to him himself. And he'd be like, "Nope, don't, don't know what you're talking about. That's fucking crazy." Uh, so we looked it up on the internet, and apparently there were a bunch of tarantulas involved too. And I'm glad I. <laughs>
3: Still feeling. He's, 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 he's super talented. He's just had a great show. Happening uh, called Portal. Very fun. You can catch him at good local shows all around. A very funny dude. Keep it going for Enzo Preset.
2: <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank you Joey. Guys, uh, I want to tell you guys a story that I've never told on stage. This is probably my most embarrassing story, I've only told it to a few friends, <laughs> and so it's not polished. I apologize, for some rambling and some non sequiturs, but we're just going to dive right in. This is about four or five years ago, I was working, I was 19 or 20, working for a company called Pyrotechnico, and we were contractors, when what we did, we set up and shoot firework shows. and We gave contracts all over, and one fourth of July summer, we had a contract in uh, Kingsville, Texas. And so I drive down to Kingsville and I meet the crew of people I'm working with. there's two dudes. It's my boss, Spencer. And Spencer's pretty not important to the story. You can make up whatever you want him to look like. <laughs> and then there's Eric. Eric, this is my first time ever meeting him. And Eric has like long, messy-ish dark hair, like chest length dark hair. He has he's wearing a t-shirt with the sleeves cut off. And those sleeves being cut off exposed two tattoos on the back of his arms. One says "fucking" and one says "slayer." <laughs> when you look at him from behind, it says "fucking slayer."
0: <laughs> and my,
2: per- I went shake his hand. And all I could think was, "What a fucking hand job this guy is!" I mean, what a
0: fucking
2: dork. <laughs> Little like fun tidbit to this story. From that day till this day, that guy became my absolute best friend. <laughs> and that guy have have together bought more than one tandem bike. No shit. (laughs) That's not even a joke. Uh, Me and his friendship is cuter than most people's relationship. (laughs) meeting my future best friend and my first impression was (laughs) (laughs) loser alerts uh, anyway we we set up the fireworks show and it's july 3rd it was the night before we end up setting we end up getting it all done early and so eric was like hey man do you want to work 15 minutes outside of Corpus, do you want to go to the beach? And I was like, sure. Oh, I can't because I don't have a bathing suit. And he goes, don't worry, man, I got you. I got an extra one you can borrow. I was like, hell yeah. So Spencer <laughs> drops us off in Corpus, drops us off the beach, and then he goes and takes off for a few hours to, like hang out with a friend or something. And so I start putting on the bathing suit Eric gave me, I'm like, this is a weird white bathing suit, there's no liner in it, I, mean, said I'd be so I put it on, and we start walking to the beach, and as we're walking across the sand, this beach is covered in two things, it's 4th of July weekend, so there's like a shit ton of families, and like people hanging out, and then jellyfish. <laughs> Dead jellyfish all over the sand. And I was like, Eric, should we be worried about all these jellyfish? He's like, no, nah, dude, see, they're all washed up now. They're not in the water anymore.
0: Man, you're like a survivor man. That's
2: really in touch with nature. To this day, I don't know who's stupid or him for thinking that or me for agreeing. <laughs> We got in the water and we started horsing around, grab assing and like balls of sand at each other. And we're like 15 minutes into that and I like, as a joke, he hits me with a ball of sand and I, I like lay back on my back like I'm dead in this knee deep water. And I'm laying there and I'm like, yeah, oh, it's so nice, the water's so warm. And I just feel something brush up against the inside of my leg. And I'm like, whoa. And I tense up. And then I feel like a prickly, warm, dull pain, like burning pain, right on my wiener and my ball. <laughs> and I jolt up. I stand up out of the water, and a jellyfish falls out of the bottom of my bathing suit. And I yell, Eric, I just got stung in the dick by a jellyfish! <laughs> Uh, guys, I, there's this like I don't know if you heard this. Like if you're getting robbed or or attacked, you're supposed to yell fire instead of help because more people will pay attention to you. I argue, <laughs> you yell I just got stunned by a jellyfish. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> Everybody on the beach will look at you. Everybody on the beach will look at you and see that you're not wearing a white bathing suit, you're wearing white athletic shorts that have turned see through.
0: But, like,
2: like, you can see my wiener so clearly. Like, if my wiener mugged you, you would be able to clearly describe it. To me. My wiener would have been detained later that day. The sketch artist would have been like, oh, we got this. But you, you know so many details. Perfect. Like, that's how perfectly sheer. And I'm. So I notice that people are yelling at the beach. I'm like, ah, ah, it hurts so bad. so I run to the shore, and all I can think to do is I, I sit down in the sand. I start putting sand over my wiener. Some kind of weird pervert trick sand. My friend Eric walks up to me. My not yet friend Eric. Walks up to me. In front of all these families, and you know, I think this might have been the first time I knew we were going to be close friends. Because, like, the humanity—he just looks at me and says, "Hey, man, uh, I know we don't know each other very well, but if you need me to, I'll piss right on your dick."
0: Art of gold. In front of all these people. to pull my bathing
2: suit off and piss on what I Thank God I have watched Mythbusters one week. Thank God. That's a urban legend, folks. Do not piss on your jellyfish things. It does do anything thing would make you look like a real cool guy. <laughs> So I'm like, no, no, dude, that's a myth. And I start <laughs> frantically. It, it hurts so bad. It's turned into like a, a stinging sharp, stinging pain. I'm looking around this beach, and I'm like, I don't see a lifeguard stand. I don't see, like, a CVS. I i can't, I'm like, I gotta figure something out. We gotta do something. And in, off in the distance, I see a restaurant. It's like a beachside restaurant where they a the bar in the back like, a pier. I'm like, dude, we gotta get to that restaurant. We gotta get vinegar. I know. I watched Mythbusters. I know.
0: <laughs>
2: and so, he's like, alright. We start walking to the restaurant. I'm walking past just a super crowded beach with just a uh, now red swelling red leaner <laughs> under a clear beige just like ah da-da. I guess it's more embarrassing to do this or just <laughs> 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 We eventually get to the restaurant and I peek my head in the front door and I see that it's like a casual, or not like casual, but it's like a sit-down place, and there's lots of people in there, and I assess what I'm wearing, I'm like this. I'm not gonna, I'm definitely not gonna make it to the vinegar dressed like this, dressed with a, you know exposed red red swollen wiener so maybe the back will be more casual so they go around back me and Eric and they've got like a tiki bar and I'm like perfect so I run up to the tiki bar and sit in the bar stool before anyone can see you know what I look like and Eric sits down next to me and the bartender the bartender goes all right what do you guys have? And I go hey actually man I got stung by a jellyfish can you give me some vinegar he goes no. I was like, okay, maybe you don't have some at the bar, but I'm sure in the kitchen. Could you just ask? Because I'm in, I like, I'm in a lot of pain. And he was like, no. And I was like, all right, yeah. What the fuck? Like, like, what the fuck did that guy think I was gonna do? <laughs> My dick's on fire. <laughs> Single shirt, and just gonna stand and watch. Like, fuck that guy to this day. I, I, I hope that guy died of jellyfish. Fucking guy, dude. Why the fuck? Oh,
0: sorry.
2: But I, I hate confrontation, so I'm like, oh, okay, sorry. And then I'm like, I'm looking around, and I see on one of the tables a bottle of mustard. Boom. I'm like, oh, okay, one ingredient in mustard I don't only watch Mythbusters, I watch cooking shows too, vinegar, vinegar baby, that's what's in mustard <laughs> so I asked the guy, I'm like, where's your restroom and he goes, "Restroom for customers only and Eric, once again, Eric steps up I'm taking Dos Equis uh, and the guy turns to get him a Dos Equis, And I grab the vinegar, and I go inside. I go inside, I find the bathroom, I go in the bathroom, I throw the door open, I go to the sink, there's a mirror right here, sink, I turn the sink on, take my pants off, just start squirting and applying loving <laughs> mustard. Guys, it felt so fucking good. <laughs> um, I don't know if it was a placebo effect. <laughs> The little that trick, but it, was the, it was the most pleasurable non-sexual experience I've ever had with my wiener. <laughs> it the most pleasurable experience I've ever had with my wiener. And, and suddenly running the water, splashing, washing the mustard off, applying more, rubbing that in. And just, oh,
0: <laughs> thank god,
2: oh my god, this is so good. <laughs> this is uh, not a one-in-one-out restaurant. Is a multi stall, multi urinal restroom. So I'm in there for probably three minutes. You know, mustard bukkake party. <laughs> every once in a while, someone will come in the bathroom and they'll look in the mirror and see through the reflection what I'm doing. And every time, they're just like,
0: keep <laughs> <laughs> walking and keep walking.
2: And it was all going fine. It was all going fine. And I start finishing up, and then the bathroom door opens. I hear, no one walks in. I just hear a voice, and it says, Sir,
0: you need to leave the restaurant.
2: (laughs) 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 Fucking snitches. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking snitches. (laughs) Can you imagine what the complaint was?
5: (laughs) Uh, this guy
2: acting real crazy. I was like, there's no way I can explain this. So I was just like, yeah, alright. All right. Sorry. So I like, Leave the mustard in there. I walk out. Pull my pants up. And he walks me out the back door and uh, Eric, like, gives me a thumbs up and I go, Thug, we're being kicked out. So, Shoves the Justeckies and we get kicked out back onto the beach. And uh Yeah, it was pretty embarrassing walking to the restaurant with the red, swollen, jellyfish family there. I don't know, it might have been more embarass- more embarrassing walking back with the giant yellow mustard. I telling people, hey, not piss, mustard. It's mustard. <laughs> so, I mustard. Tell the story, buddy. It's a cool standcast. Not piss, just mustard. Just rub mustard. Alright, jellyfish thing, you know. Rub mustard on it. <laughs> next day, we shot that fire show, we set a field on fire. <laughs> moral of the story, folks. We're to the moral. <laughs> There's a reason for that mesh in in the inside of a baby. jellyfish out. It keeps jellyfish away from your wiener. So, you know, tell your kids, write your congressman, <laughs> That's my whole story. Thank you. Let's get up to everybody. You okay. 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 Thank you. Happy Princess,
3: everybody. You've been both Right, that was great, and keep going for everybody who's here show, And finally, keep going for yourself for coming out. And <laughs> uh, yeah, this is it happens the second Saturday of every single month. And the last Saturday of every month is just a regular comedy show. So come back here the 25th when I want to see some yuck yucks. It will be a good time. Uh, my name is Joey Zern. Please follow this on my Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, BodyTapeIntl.com produces this for me. So find it, this podcast there or on iTunes or Stitcher if you want to check it out. Uh yeah, subscribe
0: and right. Thank you guys so much for being here. I uh, appreciate you so much. You're to the Bye-bye. <laughs> international